The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Forget Patience, Let's Sell Something with your host, Ty Maynard. We're the starting point for sales professionals and business owners who want to gain more clients, score higher margins, and not be left behind in sales and business. Now, here's Ty Maynard. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. Welcome to Forget Patience, Let's Sell Something with Ty Maynard. I am your host, Ty Maynard, and we're going to continue to take you down the road to help you in your quest to be the best in sales, business, and life. And every, every week, we're going to have shows that will help you to enhance your skills, that will give you ideas, strategies, tactics, and techniques in your attempt to be the best. And we had a great show last week, and we're going to continue this week. We're going to talk about something that I hear a lot about in my classes. And the title of this show is basically about identifying customer buying signals and closing the sale. Now, when I do my, my live workshops, at the beginning, I'll always ask, what is it you want to walk away from this workshop with? Uh, give me one, two, or three things you like to walk away. Uh, one of the common things I hear is, is how do I close more? How do I be more effective uh, in closing the sale and getting the order? And it's, it's not as simple as just l- learning a whole bunch of closing, new closing techniques. There are dozens, if not hundreds, of books on how to close. And if you just read those books, you're going to be frustrated in most cases because – if we do everything right prior to the close, the close becomes really easy. The close is just a matter of asking a question to confirm to the client that they have purchased something. But if we focus on the close and we miss all of the other relevant things prior to the close, you're not going to earn the business. And even if you do earn the business, it's going to be extremely low margins because the customer didn't really see the value. So before we even get to closing, we have to go back and cover some other topics that we've covered in recent shows. I'm just going to do a quick review, okay? The first thing we have to do to really close better is understand the client better. What that means is when we first meet the client, that means we no longer show up and throw up. We don't start pulling out all types of brochures and product samples and getting them to try it and touch it. No, now we need to understand that particular person from their perspective. And that goes along with a poem that I've pro- I know I've been saying this poem for at least 20 plus years. I think it's mine. If it's not mine, it should be by now. But it's called the John Smith poem. And basically it goes like this. In order to sell John Smith what John Smith buys, you must first see John Smith through John Smith's eyes. In order to sell John Smith what John Smith buys, you must first see John Smith through John Smith's eyes. Not your eyes, not your company's eyes, not your boss's eyes. That's 
that's breathing down your neck because you need you need new orders, you need to hit that quota. We need to understand that customer from their perspective. The other quote I use is kind of like a rap version. It's my attempt at rap, and it goes like this. In order to sell John Smith what John Smith uses, you must first put yourself in John Smith's shoes. Okay? That's as far as I go with the rap the rap deal. But either way, we have to understand the customer from their perspective. Now, what that means is we have to ask questions on the front end. We should not start spewing. We, you, should ask, you should say to the customer, you know, Mr. Prospect, what I want to do is learn more about your direction for your company, your goals, uh, and any, even any issues that might hinder your success. And that will quickly help me determine how we can be of assistance to you. How does this sound for uh, a first meeting? I promise you nine times out of ten, if you approach it that way, they're going to love it. Because most people just come in and start spewing. We're going to learn about them from their perspective. And we're going to be listening for something called phrases that imply need or statements of need. We're going to be listening for the client to say things like, we really need to. We want to. We have to. It's important for us to be able to. It, we're really interested in, and it's critical that we, if they say any of those statements, now you have something to work with because when we get to the presentations, and we're going to ask, and I recommend if you haven't listened to some of my other shows, go back and listen to the shows on questioning and listening because they will help you with this. But we have to gather this data to understand what's important to them and, and, and why it's so important and what would be the impact if they don't accomplish these particular uh, objectives. Once we're clear on that, then we come to the presentation. And in the presentation, everything we talk about should link to one of the needs we uncovered. As a, as a rule, what I recommend is this. If you can't link one of your features to something that's important to the customer, you don't talk about it. You save that for another presentation where that, is, that does address a customer issue. So let's continue on. So we're going to be listening for phrases that imply need. And in our presentations, we're going to do everything in our power to talk about the things relative to our products or services that will meet those particular needs. Now, we're going to talk about buying signals. But first of all, I want to talk about how to identify the type of individuals you're talking with and what's going to be important to them. Because we need to not only sell to their organizational needs, but we need to make sure we are able to identify what their personal needs are. And I'm going to talk about a few personal need, types of personal needs. Uh, you have individuals who have the need for power. You have people who have the need for achievement or recognition, affiliation order, or safety. And I'll kind of walk you through these very quickly. Someone who has the need for power, they have the need to project their control over people and situations. Uh, someone who has the need for power, they're going to be shortened to the point. They don't want a whole lot of information. As a matter of fact, instead of giving them a research paper, you're better served to give them a graph or a pie chart, they will glean just as much information from that as they would uh, a 15-page study. And you're better served with that individual saying something to the effect of, 
you know, Mr. Johnson, I realize you're a very uh, busy person, so I'm going to get right to the point. They don't want you to ask them, so how was their weekend? Do they have kids? They want to get to the point. So that's how you handle someone who has the personal need for power. Make it short and to the point. All right? Now, they have the ability to intimidate, but it's it's not intentional always. Sometimes it is intentional. They can come across very impatient. They have a tendency to create stress in those people around them. And then we have another individual who has the need for achievement. And they have the need to produce results and effect positive change. That's their focus, okay? They, their focus is to help their customers, to help their teammates, to help their organization accomplish and achieve the goals that have been set forth before them. So if that means they have to make you be more responsive, they will do that. And again, it's not to be mean. They have to accomplish the results. So they want your, your cell phone number. They want you to respond to any voicemail they leave within 15 to 30 minutes. They want you to respond to um, their emails within 30 minutes. Uh, their expectation is extremely high. And then we have the person who has the need for recognition. Someone who has the need for recognition, they have the need to be held in high esteem by others, whether they deserve it or not. Someone who's like this individual, they have the tendency to be a name dropper. They'll tell you that they had lunch with the mayor or the president or they played golf with some celebrity this past weekend. Extremely ego-oriented. And they want credit for things whether they actually deserve the credit or not. That's someone who has the need for recognition. And then we have the person who has the need for affiliation. They have the need to belong. They want to have a relationship with the people that they work with. Uh, they want to know about your weekend. Do you have kids? Do you like pets? Who's your favorite sports team? They're, the, they're that type of individual where they have to connect with you before they do business with you. And what we have to be mindful of is this. We need to make sure we do what we call mirroring. So to someone who has the need for power, they are shortened to the point, I am not going to treat them like they have the need for affiliation. I'm going to be more concise and to the point. All right? I'm not going to ask someone who has the need for power, so you have kids? They're, they're, they don't want to hear that. At the same time, someone who has the need for affiliation, even if I'm a short and to the point person, I have to meet my customer where they are. So if they want to take time to talk about what happened this past weekend and how was my granddaughter's birthday party or their granddaughter's birthday, I need to be willing to listen for a reasonable time frame. And that really should be no more than a couple of minutes. And then we have to try to segue into business. All right. So we want to treat someone with affiliation by taking that time to get friendly. And then let's talk about the next one. Um, and that, by the way, as a rule... If you're in someone's office and they have family pictures, these days I highly recommend you don't try to talk about the family pictures. Uh, over the years in my training classes, I've had a, a litany of people explain to me, Ty, you know, I, I saw a picture of their child on the 
on their desk. And I said, oh, so is that your son? And they said, uh, yeah, that's my son. He, he died uh, two weeks ago in a motorcycle accident. And then from that point, the interviews just deflated. Where do you go from there? Oh, we have a tendency to say the wrong thing. Uh, oh, what a lovely picture of you and your, your grandmother. Oh, that's not my grandmother. That's my wife. Oh, what a lovely picture of you and your daughter. That's my, you know, so I recommend we kind of stay away from family pictures, but with affiliation can talk about other things. Then the person who has the need for order, they have to have definition and structure at every turn. All right. They're punctual. They want all of the T's crossed and the I's dotted. If they placed an order with you, they want to know when that order would be fulfilled, when it would be shipped, when it would be at their doorstep. They need detailed information. So when you're dealing with someone who has the order, go ahead and be proactive and be prepared to have that information for them. And last but not least, there's the need for safety. This person has the need to avoid risk at all costs, and they want to have certainty. They want to know um, that what you are saying will actually happen. Cause, so they're going to look for guarantees. They may even ask for a performance guarantee. They're going to ask you about warranties. They're going to ask you uh, if you can give them some references they can call. They want to know if you've done how, what type of tests you've done on your products uh, to make sure that it's not going to fail. This type of individual has the need to avoid risk at all costs. They don't want to look bad. If anything, they're saying, whatever you do, help me look good. Help me to have a job after we acquire your, use your services or after we acquire your products. So those are the, the basic six personal needs. And now you will find that in most cases, the majority of people will only have one of these needs as a primary need. So you want to be able to recognize it. And the bottom line is what we have to do is we have to learn to become chameleons. A lot of times I'll be working with people and they'll say, well, Ty, you know, I, I prefer to work with someone who has the need for affiliation because that's kind of how I am. So that's the type of person I want to work with. And what I tell them is, well, you know, with all due respect, it's really not about you and about what you prefer. You have to call on the people in an organization that can help you further your relationship with them. And you have to appeal to the individual the way they like to be sold to. So if the person who has affiliation is someone in purchasing, but you really need to be at the CEO level and they have the need for achievement, you need to be at the CEO level and you have to talk to them the way you would talk to someone who has the need for achievement. And as usual, I tell you, this is the fastest hour of the week. It's time for us to take a short break. This is Ty Maynard, and you're listening to Forget Patients, Let's Sell Something with Ty Maynard on the Voice America Business Channel. When we come back, we're going to continue to talk about how to create desire and how to identify buying signals. Stay tuned. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. 
Are you feeling slammed and suckered in today's stock market? If so, then you need to tune in to Profitable Investing with Jordan Kimmel. Every Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, Jordan Kimmel will train you in what you can do to beat up the big boys on Wall Street, as well as share his secrets to success so that you can buy and sell like a profit-pumping pro. Grab the bull market by the horns and listen to Profitable Investing with Jordan Kimmel. Every Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the bottom line of business talk, Voice America Business. Tune in every week for the Ellis Martin Report. Our program will bring you the news and information that you need each week. We look at publicly traded small and mid-cap companies from a variety of sectors. We'll talk to key people in the industry to bring you the foreground and background of new and -and up-and-comers for potential investment. Please remember, invest only at your own risk. The Ellis Martin Report is meant for information purposes only. Tune in every Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Business. Today's business marketplace is becoming increasingly global thanks to technologies that didn't even exist a few short years ago. Your business might be a startup or you might be one of the global 500. Either way, you're probably looking at customers and competitors in faraway regions. Listen for Global Reach with host Tay Rivez as she brings together experts, ideas, and listeners to help you anywhere in the world. Global Reach is broadcast every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You're listening to Forget Patience, Let's Sell Something. If you want to reach Ty Maynor or today's guest, please call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or you can send an email to Ty at TyMaynerGroup.com. That's T-Y-E at T-Y-E-M-A-N-E-R Group.com. Now, back to the show. Hey, welcome back. You're listening to Forget Patience, Let's Sell Something with Ty Maynard. And I am your host, Ty Maynard. And we're talking about today how to identify customer buying signals and actually go ahead and close the sale. Now, we did a little bit of review of some prior shows. And if you haven't had a chance to listen to the shows on probing and, and, and listening and on presentation skills, go back and listen to those because that'll help you understand some of the concepts that I'm talking about. But the bottom line now is if we better understand our client from a personal standpoint and we understand who they are relative to their personal needs, and we've also done a good job in probing to understand their organizational needs, When we get to the presentation, we're going to give a much better presentation because our presentation is pinpoint specific to what they're looking to accomplish either now or long term. And if we do an exceptional job of linking our uh, presentation and our solutions to their needs, we're going to do something uh, and we're going to create desire. Now, the definition I use of desire is to have someone see themselves owning your products or using your services before they actually give you a check. And one of the best ways to create desire 
is as much as possible. We talked about this in the presentation skills uh, shows. Get your audience physically involved with whatever it is you talk about as much as you possibly can. If you have to paint word pictures, if it's insurance and you, and you have to paint word pictures of the, the value having one of your policies will provide for their family in a fortunate event they aren't there, paint word pictures. If it's something they can actually touch or feel, let them touch it. Let them feel it. If they can sit in it, let them sit in it. But you have to create that emotional tie to your product, all right? So the definition of desire is to have the, pro- the, the person or the prospect see themselves owning your products or using your services before they actually give you a check. Now, if we do a good job, and one of the questions I ask in my workshop, I'll say, when do you ask for the order? And uh, there are people say, when, you know, you just, you just ask. And you ask for the order, bottom line, when the customer is ready to buy. And we know the customer is ready to buy when they start giving off buying signals. Buying signals are things that we either say or things that we do physically or physiologically that show that there's a, probably a conditional willingness to do business with you. And I don't care how good people are or how experienced they are. We all give off buying signals. I can't tell you how many negotiation programs I've gone through and I've developed two of my own negotiation courses. But when someone hits a need that's critical to me, I know I still give off buying signals. You can't control it. Okay. so there are two types of buying signals. You have verbal buying signals and then you have statement buying signals. All right, uh, verbal buying signals and question buying signals, excuse me. Uh, a verbal statement buying signal, basically, if the customer says, you know, that's exactly what we've been looking for. Um, I think you might want to close that business if you hear that, that comment. Or they say something to the effect of, you know, I think John will really be pleased with this. There's not a whole lot more selling you need to do at that standpoint. At that point, you need to test the water, which we'll talk about in a little bit. And if you get a favorable response to testing the water, next we need to ask for some business. All right? And we'll talk about that in a little bit as well. So a verbal sta- uh, statement buying signal is when they just make a statement. That's exactly what we're looking for. Oh, I think John will really be pleased with this. Then we have question buying signals. Now, question buying signals normally happen after you've given a proposal of some type. Or a presentation has been delivered to the individuals. If you get questions, some of these questions that I'm about to talk about, prior to a proposal or presentation, they're just questions. But if you get these after you've done a presentation or delivered a proposal, this may be an indication indication that that customer is ready to do business. So I'll give you some examples. For example, the question, how much is it? Or is, it, is this difficult to use? Or what colors do you offer the, uh, this in? Uh, when can I get it? Uh, do you have a warrant? What's your warranty on this? And who else uh, that I may know has done business with you or is using this product? If you get these after the presentation, there's a good chance you're about to get a sale. But what we want to do is, instead of trying to close right now, we don't want to close yet. What we want to do is we want to test the water, 
Okay. And the question I, I'll ask my audience is hopefully I'm sure we all take on a regular basis a shower or a bath, right? On a regular basis, uh, probably daily. Uh, but when we get ready to take that bath or the shower, we turn the water on. Before we get in, we normally stick our hand into the water or our toe into the water and we test it just to make sure it's not too hot and it's not too cold. If it's too cold, we make some adjustments and then we test the water again. And if it's just right, we get in. If it's too hot, we make some adjustments. adjustments and when it's right, we get in. That's what you're doing with buying sickness. You don't just try to close. You test the water. And this is how you test the water. You want to say to that individual, uh, if they said to you, how much is it? First of all, you want to acknowledge the question. And then you want to test the water. So normally on the first buying signal or question that could be a buying signal, I'll just answer it. If they ask me another question and that sounds like a buying signal also, now it's time to test the water. So let's assume each one of the questions that I'm about to ask is the second question. And we think it could be a buying signal. For example, let's say we're talking about uh, a chair. And they say, how much is the chair? This is the second question. So I want to say, you know, I can see how it would be important to make sure whatever you purchase meets your requirements as well as your budget. If we can find a configuration of this chair that meets both of those, in your opinion, would this be the chair you like to have? If they say, well, yes, then now all I need to do is find a configuration of this chair that meets their requirements and their budget. And once I've confirmed that it meets both of those, I have earned the right to ask for their business. All right, so let's talk about, for example, is it difficult to use? Okay, now let's, let's stick with a chair example. Uh, is this chair difficult to use? A lot of people I've heard say, oh, no, it's not difficult to use at all. It's easy. You'll love it. And we have just missed an opportunity to close it. Or either we'll say, well, can I go ahead and place an order for you now? And you can see firsthand. Again, that's premature. So we want to test the water. And, and, and I might say something to the effect of, if they ask me, is it difficult to use? I might say, you know, I can see how it would be important that whatever chair you choose for your organization, everyone can operate it with ease. Suppose for a moment... We could show anyone in your organization how to operate this chair with five minutes of instruction. Do you think this would be the chair you'd like to see them sitting in? If they say yes to you, now all we have to do is show them how easy it is to operate the chair. And then you say, you know, wasn't that simple? And if they say, well, yeah, it really was, now you ask for the order. Let's do one more real quick. You know, if they say, well, what color do you offer it in? Instead of saying, well, we have a multitude of colors. We have blue, green, fuchsia, um, and uh, pink. I'm going to test the water. And remember, when you, test it, when you test the water, I'm acknowledging that question. I'm not answering it. So you, you normally show empathy. I can understand. I can see how that would be important. Well, I can appreciate. So, okay, what colors do you offer? I can see how it would be important to make sure whatever chair you get, also the color matches your decor. Suppose for a moment we can find a color scheme that 
matches your decor, in your opinion, would this be the chair for your, co- your company? And if they say, well, yeah, I think so, as long as it matches. Now we just need to pull out all of the splotches of colors and find whatever it works, whatever works with them. And then we say, can you see this working with your color scheme? If they say yes to that, congratulations. You, you have the business. So closing does not have to be as complicated as a lot of people make it out to be. It can be very simple. Now, one of the major keys to closing is this. Keep the same demeanor. Keep the same temperament. You'll find in many cases someone will be very laid back initially with the client. And all of a sudden when it gets to closing, all of a sudden they get very serious. They get very professional. Uh, Or they're very serious and very professional on the front end. All of a sudden they get really giddy towards the end. The goal is to maintain the same demeanor throughout the process. So that's, those are some verbal buying signals. And as I said, and these are in my book, Forget Patience, Let's Sell Something. So if you don't have a copy of the book, make sure you get I have a whole chapter on buying signals. All right. So let's, t- let's talk about some physical buying signals as well. Let's talk about physical. For example, let's say the, uh, the, all of a sudden the, cl- the prospect gets friendly. I don't mean like, so, Veronica, what are you doing tonight? I'm not talking about that kind of friendly. I think we've all had clients who were very laid back. Then all of a sudden, I mean, they were, excuse me, very um, hand-off, standoffish, and all of a sudden they warmed up to you. That's the prospect getting friendly. And, boy, I tell you what, it's time for a, a, a break coming up. But I'll, I'll try to share this story with you real quick. I had one guy who was very standoffish. He was a former colonel in the military, uh, and he was now the senior partner of a law firm. I called on the law firm, and he never was personable towards me, but he never stopped me. So I said, uh, okay, Ty, just stay with the process. And all of a sudden, one day, he looked at me, and his stern looked like he could rip my larynx out. And he said, Ty Maynard, what do you say we go downstairs, get a cup of coffee, and talk about this? I'm like, oh, my goodness, that's a buying signal. The problem was I don't drink coffee. I mean, I did that day. <laughs> it wasn't bad. Coffee's not pretty good, as a matter of fact. But that was a buying signal that he had accepted me, and now he was prepared to do business. We're gonna, when we come back, we're going to talk about some more physical buying signals, and we're going to talk a little bit about closing and what to do also. Well, first of all, what to do if you get a negative response to a buying signal, and then Uh, how to close. All right, so it's time for us to take another short break. This is Ty Maynard, and you're listening to Forget Patience. Let's sell something with Ty Maynard on the Voice America Business Channel, and we'll talk to you on the other side of the break. comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. What are the reasons that over three quarters of small businesses fail within three years? Why do 70% of U.S. women-owned businesses make less than $50,000 a year? What causes mid-sized companies to stagnate? Although today many fundamentals of business remain the same, there are critical current changes that are not being acknowledged, and the result is costly. 
Tune in to Moving Forward with host Jen Sabin. We'll discuss the core reasons and plans of action to keep your business moving forward. Listen Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Business. Tune in for What About Wealth every week to learn the vital answers to your questions about creating wealth, investing it, donating it, and protecting it. Your hosts are Rich Bloomfield and Rick Durfee, who explain the principles that govern wealth in terms you can understand. Building and preserving positive wealth requires correct action, but few people know how wealth really works. Listen every Tuesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel and find the answers you need about wealth. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. listening to Forget Patients, Let's Sell Something. If you want to reach Ty Maynard or today's guest, please call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or you can send an email to Ty at tymaynardgroup.com. That's T-Y-E at T-Y-E-M-A-N-E-R group.com. Now, back to the show. Hey, welcome back. Welcome to the fastest hour of the week. You're listening to Forget Patience, Let's Sell Something with Ty Maynard. I am your host, Ty Maynard, and we're talking about identifying customer buying signals and closing the sale this evening. And we're going to continue with that. Uh, We're talking about, before the break, prospect gets friendly, and we don't mean asking you for a date or asking you out. Uh, they all of a sudden they have accepted you they've accepted what you've said about your products or your services and there's a willingness now to to do business with you Uh, also they relax sometimes you may get into some intense situations with a customer especially if you're talking money and they don't like the figures that you're talking about but if all of a sudden you just see them recline back in their chair relax their their hands open up they have an open body posture That is a buying signal. They are now comfortable with whatever you were talking about. Another good one is the old sparkling eye. Anytime you say something that's really, that resonates with that client, that hits home with them, you'll see their eyebrows raise. Or if there's someone else in the room with them, you'll see their eyebrows raise and they turn around and look at their partner, their their co-worker, their teammate. Uh, And They're basically saying, without saying it, did you hear what they just said? Do you realize what that would mean for our family? Do you realize what that would do for business if we could accomplish that? We were just talking about that the other day. That's what they're saying with the eyes if you get the old sparkling eye as a physical buying signal. Now, believe it or not, the next one I'm about to tell you is one of the most surefire Buying signals known to mankind, and that's the hand on the chin. Yep, that's right, the hand on the chin. When you see someone put the hand on the chin, they have taken mental ownership of whatever it is they're looking at or you're talking about. They are now envisioning themselves using it or owning it. 
So that's a, a, an unbelievable buying signal. I'll never forget the first time I saw the hand on the chin. I was in copier sales, and I was giving a presentation to an architect. I was probably three or four minutes into a 20-minute presentation. I probably talked about two features and benefits. And after I gave the last benefit, this gentleman put his hand on his chin and just started staring at my product, at my copier. Then all of a sudden, he turned around and started looking around the room with his hand on his chin, looking around the room. And finally, I heard him say, where could I put this? And I have to tell you, the presentation was over after four minutes. At that point, I no longer talked about the copier. At that point, I started talking to him about finding some place to put it. I, we were done. So that's a surefire, surefire buying signal, physical buying signal, the hand on the chin. They have taken mental ownership. You test the water. And then make them the proud owner of whatever it is you provide. <laughs> All right. So let's talk about suppose for a moment you test the water and you get a negative response. So let's talk about that. This is how you handle it. So let's go back to where they said, well, how much is it? And I said, I can see how it would be important to make sure whatever you acquire uh, not only meets your requirements, but meets your budget. If if you felt comfortable that this would meet your budget and your requirements, could you see yourself using this particular product? If they say, well, I'm not sure. I'm not sure about that. What I'm going to say next is, you know, it sounds like you have some questions that we haven't answered yet. Do you mind if I ask what those questions are? Did you notice I said it sounds like you have some questions? I didn't say, is there a problem? What, 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 what's the problem? Or what, what are you concerned about? It's much easier to address a question than it is a problem. It's much easier to address a, con- a question than, it, than a concern. So our word choice even makes a big difference. It seems like you have some questions we haven't answered. What questions do you have? And they said, uh, well, you know, I have a question about the reciprocity factor. And this is what I'm going to do. I said, okay, you, uh, great. Thank you for sharing that with me. What, do you, what, do, what questions do you have about the reciprocity factor? And I, believe me, I don't know what a reciprocity factor is. I'm just making it up, so just work with me right now, okay? Uh, and I'll let them tell me. My first question is, is, what questions do you have about it? What do you mean by that? Then my next, once they tell me, I'm going to say, okay, and why is that so important now for your organization or for your family? I'm going to let them tell me. And then I'm going to say, and what would be the impact if this need was not met with the reciprocity factor? And they'll tell me. And then I'm going to repeat back to them, okay, just to make sure I'm clear, when you say reciprocity, this is what you mean, and this is why it's so important, and this is the impact if you weren't able to accomplish that. Did I get that right? Yes. Okay. What other questions do you have? And the reason I ask that is because I want to get all of the questions out on the table. I don't want this to be a match. Can they give me more objections than I can handle? Or can I handle more objections than they can give me? I want to get it all out on the table as though we're having just a natural conversation. All right? Then he will say, you know what? Also, I have a question about the Higginbotham. Oh, the Higginbotham. Okay. Tell me more about that from your perspective. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And why is that so important now? Okay, 
And what do you feel the ramifications would be if you did not have the Higginbotham? Oh, okay. So let me clarify. You're looking for a Higginbotham, and by that you mean, and the imp- reason if it's so important now is, and the impact, I repeat back. Okay, so now w- what other questions do you have? Oh, no, that's, that's it. Okay, so if we can address your question about the investment, about the reciprocity, and about the Higgin, Higginbotham, then would you feel comfortable moving forward? Well, yeah, if you can answer those three things, yeah, absolutely. I have just identified the things that were standing between me earning this person's business, all right? So that's important when you get a negative. Remember, we're testing the water. We're sticking our hand in the water to determine if they're ready or if it's still, if it's still too cold. So now we adjust and we just uncovered what's standing between us earning their business. And once we have satisfied these three questions, now we can get in the water by asking for their business. All right? So that's, that's it's just really that simple. It does take practice. I know I, I've been doing this for a minute. Now, another really good buying signal I, I fail to tell you about is when someone calls you and says, well, can we come by and see that again? Or can you bring that product to us again? Or can you come by and explain how that policy works again? Anytime someone calls you back to talk about something a second or third time, you must try to close it. Think about yourself as the consumer. Anytime you go back to see something or or a second time or third time, uh, most people I talk to say 80 to 90% of the time, if they go back a second time, they end up owning it. And not only that, they end up owning it on that trip. So shame on you if you don't ask for their business. All right. People don't always just come out and say, all right, I'll take it. For example, with me, because maybe I'm, I, I've been in sales for a while now, it's hard for me to give someone my business if they don't ask for it. It's just hard. As a matter of fact, I'll, I may go someplace else. If the person asks for my business, I'll give it to them. I had one guy pick up on one of my buying signals one time, uh, and he said, uh, I, and I saw that he picked up on the buying signal. I said, you just picked up on the buying signal, did you? didn't you? He said, yeah, sure did. He said, uh, you want to go ahead and get it? I said, yep, go ahead and write it up. It was just that easy. All right? So don't let them leave without trying to get the business if they come back a second time. Don't say, oh, hey, thanks again for coming by. Listen, I'm here all the time. If you want to come by a third, fourth, or fifth time, please just come on by. That's what we're here for. Go. Get on out of here. No. Ask for the business. Ask for the business and get that business off the streets. Now, the difference is this. Well, what, what's the difference, Ty, between a buy, you know, testing the water and closing? If you close, you're asking them to make a decision. And if they aren't ready to make a decision, now it becomes an awkward situation. You close prematurely. Okay? But if you ask for, an, uh, uh, if you test the water, Another way is calling it a trial close. All you're doing is asking for their opinion. And people don't mind giving you their opinion. All right? So closing asks for a decision. Testing the water just asks for their opinion. And, boy, it's time. Boy, this time goes by quickly. We're going to go ahead and talk about some closes. And if you, if you close... <laughs> 
if you close, let's let's talk about some of the psychology behind closing. It's not that difficult. It's it's I've I've seen books that were written on closing, and they had all of these these two page uh, closes. Uh, they had the inflation close, the I'll think it over close, and you had to learn all. You had to learn two to three pages. You had to recite it. It's not that complicated. Uh, it's t- it's coming up on time for a break, and when we come back, I'm just going to share with you for the remaining time just some simple closes you can do. It's not rocket science, and you'll be amazed how much business you get by asking some simple questions or some simple closing techniques. And it's time for us to take another break, our last break of the show. And you, this is Ty Maynard, and you're listening to T- Forget Patience, Let's Sell Something with Ty Maynard on the Voice America Business Channel. Stay tuned, and we'll see you on the other side of the break. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio, Voice America Business Network. If you want to know about investing in emerging and frontier markets, or if you have experience in this field but still need to know more, Tune in to Emerging and Frontier Markets Investing with Gavin Graham. Gavin explores news, current trends, and insights about both categories of investing. His guest experts, along with his own knowledge, will help you stay above the line when it comes to growth potential, whether in funds or equities. He will look at what to invest in and avoid. Tune in to Emerging and Frontier Markets Investing with Gavin Graham every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Dialogue is the single most powerful leadership tool we have to make a difference in the world. Leading conversations with host Cheryl Esposito creates a place for that dialogue. Tune into the Voice America Business Channel every Friday as Cheryl hosts new conversations among leaders from around the world in business, government, art, economics, and social change. We'll explore big ideas and everyday actions and learn how their own leadership has led them to discover a newfound sense of possibility in the world. Leading conversations with Cheryl Esposito, bringing big thinkers together in conversations that make a difference right here on the Voice America Business Channel every Friday morning at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to Forget Patience, Let's Sell Something. If you want to reach Ty Maynard or today's guest, please call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or you can send an email to Ty at TyMaynerGroup.com. That's T-Y-E at T-Y-E-M-A-N-E-R Group.com. Now, back to the show. Hey, welcome back. You're listening to Forget Patience, Let's Sell Something with Ty Maynard. I am your host, Ty Maynard, and we're talking about how to identify customer buying signals and closing the sale. And as we said earlier on, there are so many things that we have to do right just to get to the close. And 
if we don't do those things right, it doesn't matter how many closing techniques you know, you will not get the business. Or if you do get the business, it's going to be extremely low commissions and low margins because the customer doesn't see the value. But if we do the other things right or do those things well, closing is really the easiest part of the sale. It's just confirming to the person that you're speaking with that they have just purchased something. All right. So the, the first thing to do is, is, is not rocket science. It's just ask. You can ask several ways. Is there any reason why we can't do business today? Uh, what would have to happen for us to do business today? Can we go ahead and place the order now? Or when would you delight, when would you like delivery of the product? Those or when would you like installation? <laughs> if I were to ask you to do business today, what would your answer be? It could be would you prefer lease or the purchase outright? What do we need to do to get a purchase order today? Those are just simple questions, all right? Uh, some more. Uh, do you see any reason why we shouldn't start in, why you shouldn't start enjoying these benefits today we described? What is our next step? Can we write it up today? Where do we stand in the decision-making process? All of those are excellent, excellent closing questions. And if you notice, I asked in a very conversational tone. I didn't... Uh, change my tone of voice and get all of a sudden get deep and real serious and enunciate each word. It's just conversational. Now, once you ask for the order, don't say another word. This is, this is old school, but don't say another word. There's an, there's an old school saying that says, ask for the order and then be quiet because whoever speaks first loses. Now, there are some skilled purchasing people out there, procurement people. They understand this. So what they will do is they will just sit silently for several seconds. I mean, believe me, once you ask for the business, 10 seconds seems like four hours. And they know that most salespeople can't stand the silence. And if they can, if they, if they can be silent for 10 seconds... They'll get an upgrade. They'll get an extra 5%, 10% discount. I'll never forget one time I was silent when someone asked me for my business. I was silent for seven seconds, and they gave me an additional 15% off. But, I mean, that was the, the best seven seconds of my life. I saved 15% by being silent for seven seconds. So you're going to have to learn and train yourself to be silent once you ask for the order. If they sit silent for two minutes... Bite your lip. Just let the blood trickle down inside your lip. All right? Because he who speaks first loses. What, mo- what hap- has a tendency to happen is because we can't stand the silence, we say, okay, what do we have to do today to earn your business? Well, what about if I also threw in this? And that's what they were looking for. It's a tactic from skilled procurement people. From people who aren't using it as a tactic, basically they're just processing everything that you shared with them in this and other meetings, in this meeting and other meetings. And they are going over it. And the problem is this. If you start talking, they need silence. So if you don't give them the silence, then they're going to say, I'll tell you what, let me, let me process this and get back to you. Give me a call next week. Why don't we do that? All right. So stop talking. Don't say a word. Let them process. 
and the longer they're quiet, the better the odds are that you will get the business because they are probably wrestling with themselves and they're thinking to themselves, ah, I can't afford this now, but I can't afford not to get it now. But is now the best time? Well, is there a better time? But do we? Well, yes, we do. So let them have that internal battle within themselves. <laughs> and when they, you'd be amazed sometimes when they come out, they'll say, well, you know, I told you I needed 100 pins. Instead of 100, can we go ahead and get 300? Don't smile and don't, don't giggle. Just say, absolutely, we can, we can write it for 300. Do you really think 300 will be enough? If anything, ask that question. All right? And also, don't be so appreciative. Oh, thank you. Oh, my goodness. Thank you. Act like you've kind of been here before. You know, if anything, when someone agrees to do business with me, I say, well, you know, obviously, I appreciate your business and congratulations because this is going to be a momentous event for your organization. So congratulations and thank them, but don't, don't be over uh, gratuitous. Uh, if that's a, I believe that is a word. So, yeah, so that's, that's how you do it. You ask and then you, you're quiet. I'll never forget one time when I was, I was teaching, uh, I was a sales manager and I was teaching this uh, rep to sell. He was brand new and I tried to help people sell something as quickly as possible. So uh, we went out on the call and I told him, I said, okay, you're gonna, we're going to sell something today. I don't know who yet or what, but I'll take it all the way through the process. But when I sense that they're ready to buy, you'll see me rub my hands together and I'll put my hands on my lap. At that point, I want you to ask for the order and then I want you to say another word afterwards. So we got to that process. We found someone. We, I did the presentation. They were ready. I rubbed my hands together, put them on my lap, and he looked over and saw them on my lap, and he asked for the order. And the person just sat back in their, in their desk and didn't say a word, just kind of re- reclined in their chair, didn't say a word, and looked at us for 90 seconds. Then finally he said, so I guess whoever speaks first loses, huh? And the rep that I was, was training, he just looked at him and started nodding his head, never said a word. And we got the business. All right, so just ask. If you just ask, you'll be amazed how much business you get. Another simple one is give them a choice. Would you prefer it in red or would you prefer it in black? And if they say, well, really, I prefer it in red, and say, okay, well, I'll go ahead and write this up in red. And if they don't stop you, congratulations, you just earned their business. If they say, whoa, 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 I'm not sure we're at a point yet uh, where I'm ready to purchase, okay, then you just say, it sounds like you, you, you still have some questions we haven't answered, Mr. Johnson. What questions do you have? And then we take them back through the process that I shared with you earlier. What questions do you have? Find out what it is, and then you ask them the what, what the why, the impact and then you confirm. And then you say, okay, so if we can address that, then do you feel comfortable that this would be the widget you would like to own? And if they say yes, address the question. They say, does that answer your question? Yes, it does. Then you go ahead and assume the close. Another one that I'm going to teach you, this only other one that we have an opportunity for, is it's called the 1 to 10 closing. You can use this to test the water, or you can use this to actually close. And it would go similar, something like this. If I was talking to someone named John, I would say, you know, John, we've been working together for uh, quite a while now, and I, I've enjoyed our relationship. Let me ask you a question. On a scale of 1 to 10, 1, you see no value in what I've proposed, and 10, you see tremendous value. Where do you stand right now? 
Well, I would say we're probably a seven, maybe even an eight. Wow, John, we're really close. What do we need to do to get to a 10? Well, if you could explain to me again exactly how the delivery process would work, then I feel we might have a basis for moving forward. It could be just that simple. Bottom line is it lets you know where you stand with the individual. Suppose for a moment, well, Ty, suppose for a moment he said, uh, well, Ty, you're at a, a two. If he said that I was at a two, I would basically say, John, it seems like we really dropped the ball. And would you mind sharing with me where we fell short? Then he say, well, I really don't think you did a good job of explaining how this would help me long term. Uh, I still was not quite, really sure I understood the delivery process. Uh, so if we can address those two questions, John, to your satisfaction, then would you feel comfortable moving forward? Well, yeah. Again, I just identified what's standing between me and the individual doing business. So as I said, if we've done the other things right, the closing is the really the easiest part of the sale. I just gave you some tough scenarios, uh, but I rarely run into those if I did my job on the front end of really understanding the customer's needs. Normally, the close is basically me asking one of the questions, okay, uh, can we go ahead and get the process started? Oh, yeah, Ty, let's go ahead and do it. I was just getting ready to say that myself. So please understand, these are techniques and skill sets that you have to develop. And always, you should always be growing. And that's part of what this show is about, is to help you grow. It's to help you improve your sales. It's to help you grow your business and help you better take care of your family. But the best way to do that is to first make a difference. And if we focus on making a difference for our customers, the dollars then flow. And once again, the fastest hour of the week, we have come to the end of another show. Thank you very much for listening. Please listen to the other shows if this is your first time. And those of you who are listening to us from around the country and other parts of the world, thank you. And thank you for your emails. We look forward to talking to you again next week about other ideas that can help you grow your business and grow in sales. In the meantime, in the meantime, forget patience. Let's sell something. Talk to you soon. Thanks again for tuning in to Forget Patience, Let's Sell Something. Ty Maynard will be back next Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We look forward to you joining us then. In the meantime, forget patience, let's sell something. 